Who do you work for? You work for someone. Are you just there for the paycheck? Your clients, your boss, your family, your car payment, yourself, or your lord. What if God has more for you at your 9 to 5? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You're either all in or all out. Are you for Him? Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for Him. I work for Jesus Christ. Welcome to I Work For Him. Join the I Work For Him nation at IWorkForHim.com. That's IWork, the number four, Him.com. And now your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We've got Ken Harrison calling in today all the way from sunny Colorado. Ken Harrison, welcome to I Work For Him. Oh, thanks for having me on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Martha and I are super excited because you've got a big announcement to make. What, what are you going to roll out next July of 2020 that people didn't even know still existed? We woke Promise Keepers up from its coma. And uh, so we will be back at Dallas Cowboys Stadium next July 31st and August 1st of 2020. So why resurrect Promise Keepers? Well, I think it's needed now more than ever. It's amazing the hurt that we see in men and women and kids because men, I think, have lost their identity. They, The world has attacked femininity and then went after masculinity to the point where I don't think men really understand their identity in Jesus Christ, and we're going to give them permission to be men again. What do you mean men have lost their identity? Well, the world says that we're supposed to be a certain way, and um, we swallowed that lie in the past from the James Bond, you know, Clint Eastwood sort of model of the man all alone with no emotion, stoic, drinking a lot, promiscuous, and we saw how failed that was. And now we've the world's changed and said, well, no, what you need to be is the exact opposite. You need to be this effeminate, weak, cowardly um type of a person. And God says who we are. And he says, we're supposed to be servant kings. We're supposed to be leaders in our family, but not rulers. When we're supposed to lead through servanthood, through laying down our lives to ourselves and living for our wife and our kids. Like Ephesians 5, 25, men love your wives like Christ loved the church. And he loved the church so much he gave his life for her. And that's what we're going to remind men. That's who you are. You need to be strong and courageous and brave, but also humble and gentle. Mm, those are so great, such great words, and I'm so excited to hear about this. But, you know, can I believe that we probably have a few listeners that don't even know what we're talking about when we say you're resurrecting Promise Keepers? Why don't you get people up to speed on what Promise Keepers is? It was one of the greatest movements of the Holy Spirit in the history of the church in the 90s. Coach Bill McCartney uh, was a great football coach at the University of Colorado, won a national championship, and he gave all that up. And 7 million men went to NFL stadiums across the country in the 90s to worship. Mm -hmm. And so it's literally 80,000 guys getting together for a Friday evening and a Saturday first half of the morning and just worshiping the Lord. And the thing you hear from guys over and over again, (laughs) it's not about the fact that these are the greatest speakers and preachers in the world. It's the feeling of hearing 80,000 men singing Amazing Grace and the complete authenticity of the guys there. And I, and I think what it is, is this overwhelming feeling of I, I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get to go? Never, <laughs> never went. 
And, and you know, I, when you and I talked a couple of weeks ago, that is exactly what I told you. I said the most powerful moment for me was I went to the Dum Dum up in Minneapolis, uh, the, the Metro Dum Dum, which is no longer in existence. So they built it. You can a, call it that because you're a Minnesotan. The Metro, I do because I'm a Minnesotan. <laughs> and, you know, so there was only 60,000 people there. But it was the most amazing thing to see men stream in from all over Minneapolis, St. Paul, and all over Minnesota. And, 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 to, and when we all started to sing together, and I don't remember the song, all I remember is thinking, holy smokes. This is what heaven's going to be like. Mm-hmm. I, because when you go to church, you always hear the women singing. You don't hear the men singing. And when you had 60,000 men singing, and, and, I, and it might have been Amazing Grace, I don't remember. All I remember is going, mm-hmm. that was it, and I have told, I've told thousands of people that story. Well, now we've told even more thousands. So, so Ken, we're talking about an event that's going to happen in July of 2020, July 31st and August 1st of 2020. So time has passed. Technology has changed. What is it going to look like for people, for the men that attend um, in 2020? What a great question. Yeah. So there's 82,000 person capacity next year, but we're Mm -hmm. going to simulcast it across the country, coast to coast. We expect we'll have 10,000 different locations, churches, even people have asked us for arenas. And we thought it would be coast to coast. We've already had three requests from Korea and two from Israel from churches Uh, saying, how do we get the simulcast? And we haven't even announced it yet. That's amazing how news can travel. So that we want to get over a million men all watching the same speakers, praying the same prayer, singing the same songs mm-hmm. together across America. That is how we'll get revival started in this country, because they're going to hear the Word of God like many have never heard it before. Mm-hmm. The best preachers preaching unapologetically what God's Word says. Mm. You know, so for every man that's there, there's potential for there to be at least one female that will be impacted, and then also family. So there could be daughters and sons and you know, other generations that will be impacted by that. What can us wives be doing even now in preparation for that launch next year for Promise Keepers? You know what hit me so hard? I I did not mean to take over Promise Keepers. The Lord had his own (laughs) will for me, and I came kicking and screaming into this. And I don't take any pay. And one of the reasons I don't is when when I first took over, um, we saw the giving, and the average gift that comes into Promise Keepers on a monthly basis is $3.40. And I started asking, who, who are these people who have been giving to an organization that hasn't done anything in a long time? And we started calling people. And one of the people we called was a woman who was a widow. And she said that my husband went to Promise Keepers back in the early 90s. He was a pastor. Mm-hmm. And the man I got back from Promise Keepers was so utterly transformed. I was so grateful for the man I got back that I told the Lord I would give every penny I had to promise keepers for the rest of my life. And what she had given was $5 a month for 25 years. And she said to the mm-hmm. caller, I hope you're not calling to ask me for more money because I'm giving everything I have. And that struck me as the great benefit to women. Yeah. And you know that 40% of the ticket buyers in the 90s were women buying them for their husbands and their sons. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> so at that moment, I said, I will never take a dime from Promise Keepers because it's being kept alive by people like that who are sacrificing. How, how could I not sacrifice? But also I realized the impact. And so for women, boy, pray for us 
and we need your protection. Um, help us on social media. When we're successful next year, we're going to get attacked viciously. Um, mm-hmm. Me personally, they'll come after me. We've seen what they do to people. The godless hate the message of men coming together and actually thinking that they might lead their families in, in healthy scriptural um, teaching. Yeah. Why July 2020? What was the significant about that? I mean, you uh, and Dallas in July 2020, because you know, <laughs> Dallas in July, why not Colorado Springs where you are talking to us from right now? It's nicer there in July than it is in Dallas, Texas. We're going to do one Promise Keepers event um, per year. Now, in the mm-hmm. 90s, there were in, in, we did 27 NFL stadiums in one year. We're going to do one per year so that we can each year take the, the message, customize it to what people need to hear. And so next year we'll take in, we're taking on abortion and we're taking on pornography, which men need to hear mm-hmm. in a very healthy way that allows them the space to really understand why it's so horrific, pornography, and give them a chance to repent. Also, it's as close to the September Bible study season as we can get without running into the NFL preseason. And also what we want to do is we pick the last <laughs> weekend of July – to make it the time when men come together. So it'll always, every year, be the last weekend of July. We want to make this an annual Mecca of um, the men of God coming together, grabbing their sons, their fathers, their neighbors, their brothers, and saying this is the weekend when the men of God come together to the point where we will hopefully see tens of millions of men simulcast all over the world um, around the one event in a stadium somewhere. Hey, Ken, what is the website for Promise Keepers? Promisekeepers.org, and tickets go on sale on August 1st. And um, a couple things. Uh, they go on sale. Um, they're not terribly expensive, but we understand men don't value what they don't pay for. We are laying aside 10% of the tickets as scholarships for people who can't afford to come. We don't want anybody to not be able to come who can't afford it. Tickets will be $99, and they're discounted for vets and first responders. They're also discounted if you want to bring your sons. Again, it's not really about getting money. It's about Mm -hmm. men having skin in the game. Mm -hmm. And um, we also have negotiated contracts with 18 hotels around there. And AT&T Stadium in Dallas, if, if listeners haven't been there, it's, you know, it's got wet and wild. It's got Six Flags. It's got the Rangers Stadium there. It, it's quite a circus of stuff to do. It's a great place to bring your kids, if you don't mind, a thousand degrees in Texas outside the <laughs> here. But the stadium is indoors and is air conditioned. Yeah. And then there will be simulcasting opportunities as well? Yes. All across. Anybody who wants to help us out with that, we'd, we'd love it. We already have quite a few getting set up, and the information on that will be coming out later. We're right. still looking at providers. Right now, the, the best provider we've found can only do 10,000 locations, and we think we'll need more than that. Wow. Uh, Big talked, problems. Uh, yeah, Those I mean, are great. This, so pray great, for that, everybody. That's right. Ken Harrison from Promise Keepers. I know your full-time job's at Waterstone. We've got to do a show about that in the future. Ken Harrison, thanks for calling in today to introduce Promise Keepers back to the I Work Frame audience. Thank you, Ken. Thank you. Check them out online, promisekeepers.org. That is going to be a transformational. I love the fact that it's 2020, the year of, again, of another vitriolic election in this country. But men are going to come together and worship Jesus all together. Promisekeepers.org, Dallas Cowboys Stadium, July 31st, 2020. You've been listening to our work room with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.